0: Hello and welcome to the Corporate Escapers TV show. I'm your host Christine Innes and I'm super excited because I have the beautiful, beautiful soul Katrina here today with me um, and we're going to really talk a lot about, you know, transformation and learning and, and that as well. But one of the things that um, really interests me when um, we connected is that, you know, your purpose in life is all about transformation and uplifting people and I just think that that is just so beautiful and powerful because. I guess, obviously, in the, the world of social media and you know, getting overwhelmed, is that sometimes we forget our own you know, special gifts that we have and how we can actually really shine in our own you know, superpowers and our own life. So I'm really excited to talk to you today and you know, give such beautiful advice to our listeners. So welcome and thank you for joining me, lovely
1: thank you it's a great pleasure to be here i'm excited and so is my dog whiskey
0: (laughs) i love it well you'll have to you'll probably hear my roosters and the chickens and all of that going off today so of course our day of filming that they all decided to you know have wonderful conversations so (laughs) it's all good um do you want to like share with our listeners and, you know, our viewers today, you know, a little bit about you and sort of like the, the transformation that you have gone on to sort of really get to you where you are in your life right now?
1: Well, I've been out of corporate for about 20 years. So um, I'm I'm right down the road and uh, I've had lots of transformations along the way. And it does, um, the way I visualize it is like a staircase and Just when you're getting confused, it's the confusion before your next transformation is you're not on the old step, but you're not on the new step. So anytime you feel confused and you don't know what you're doing and um, you don't know whether you're on the right track, that's the moment that you're about to transform. So enjoy. That's what I've learned along the way. And I'm, you know, I've done about 10 steps since I left. So um, I can't wait to tell you guys how I (laughs) escape.
0: And I love that too, because I think sometimes when we feel like, you know, we're in that limbo or, you know, maybe out of balance, that's actually like the moment that something is about to happen or you're about to take the next leap and we sort of go, Oh my God. And I'm going to swear like shit's about to hit the fan, you know, sort of thing, you know, but it is something that we need to learn to embrace and really, you know, get excited about the next step in our life? Because
1: the body talks to you in um, feelings. So uh, how else could your body tell you to stop, take stock? What's next? You get ready to go. Think about things. Um, It talks to you in confusion and stuck language and that forces you to stop and think. So otherwise, if it didn't do that, you'd just carry on
0: yeah yeah so I found um obviously like since leaving corporate is that you know corporate you, you you can become quite structured and all that sort of stuff but it is also you know really learning to... I call it
1: I call it institutionalized uh,
0: <laughs> it, it is and I guess once I've left like I've had to learn so much more and I guess being in the Unlearn. yeah unlearn
1: a lot of institutionalized behavior mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What do you think is probably one of the biggest lessons that you've had to sort of unlearn as you've left corporate?
1: Well... I think there is a split between 90 percenters, I call them, 90 percenters and 10 percenters. And the 10 percent of people that are unsatisfied in the corporate world, they are the ones that are what I call entrepreneurial mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, And while they're in an organisation or in an institution, they are called intrapreneurs. And they stand out because they are the high-performing, people they are the ones with the great attitudes the can-do attitudes they're the ones that are coming up with all the ideas and they really stand out and the 90 percenters hate them I roll in meetings at them and go oh my god here she comes Mm -hmm. and so they often feel a little bit different, and they don't care. They just get on with it because they know they're being paid, and they've got great work ethic, and they're very proactive, and they're usually the best at at the job. And they make everyone else feel bad about themselves, um, but they don't mean to. And so um, they they if you if you if you are one of the ten percenters, this is what's going on for you. There should be. You you should be reasonably dissatisfied because you're unable to break through the pay that they pay you. You're waiting around for the scraps um, of 4% if you're lucky in the old days. Nowadays they can justify not paying you any new amount of money because they can just say, oh, well, there's a GSC or there's a depression coming or just scare you. And so everyone just sits back in their chairs and becomes grateful just to have a job. And so they, uh, companies love a bit of a scare tactic on the media because so, everyone just stops asking for pay rises. And um, so what happens with the high performers is they wonder why they're being judged with the other people. And they don't like it because they're doing 10 times more or 100 times more than the average employee. And so what happens and what I've loved about the last 20 years is this mega trend around the world with the 10% is leaving. And what I really love is women leaving. And so um, it has been an actual mega trend around the world. Organisations are very, very scared. They're desperately trying to get us all back in the workforce because women have been the backbone of productivity for generations and generations so to have us all all the high performers leave the world you can see them all scrambling now to give flexible hours and massages in the office and bring your kids in bring your pets in yes. we'll do anything to, to keep you institutionalized but women have moved on women are like oh my god no we're, we're leaving now because there's no meaning there's no fulfillment and women to be a happy woman you need to be have meaning and fulfillment I don't know about the men the men I'm sure need the same thing but for women um, to have no meaning in our work um, means we're very unhappy and so we will go and seek more um, meaning
0: yeah I think that's probably one of the, the very key things is that regardless of what job we're doing and it could be you know just a task around the house that there has to be a meaning what is, what are we getting out of it? And, you know, like doing the washing, you know, for example, it's because like, we want the clean clothes and you know, we want everyone to be looked after because there's that purpose there's that meaning behind it. And every task that we do, we, we have like an emotion attached to it as well. And I think that's such a key thing because when you're regardless of whether you're in a, a corporate role or whether you work for yourself, you know, there has to be a meaning behind it. It, There has to be that purpose of what am I getting out of this? What am I contributing? And I think that's, it's it's such a very powerful thing and it can really transform somebody to know what is their meaning? What is their contribution going to get out of it? Um, And I think we forget about that just in even everyday life as well.
1: We do, we do. We forget that we're humans with feelings and we do feel into everything. Mm-hmm. And humans, to be happy, need to be in flow, they need to have peace, they need to have mind uh, space um, in the mind. Whereas at the moment, what they've done is they've poured us full of social media distractions now, um, they've filled you full with um, uh, a whole bunch of stuff, you know, fear mongering through the media. Um, you know, telling you this and that. So what they've done is they've purposely filled your mind up with junk so that you have no headspace for joy and peace. And um, so what's happening now is you're seeing uh, the increase across the world with anxiety and depression. Um, It's because we're disconnected from nature, we're disconnected from our hearts, we're disconnected from our um, having headspace to think and breathe and be um, and and be human, and so um, that's why you're seeing the the crap that's going on for people in the world, and um, it, all, all people really want is peace.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think um, peace in it,
1: body and mind.
0: Absolutely, and I think you know when you feel that you're a part of something and you have a purpose um, with it. But one thing that you said is like to be present. And I think a lot of the times is that we're constantly moving. We're constantly on the go or there's so many things happen, but we forget to just be present in the moment. We forget to actually enjoy even the little things in life, like actually sit down and enjoy your coffee in the morning, like take that time and just go, Oh, you know, this is my time. You know, I get to really enjoy this cup of coffee and when you do that, you really then start to be connected with yourself. And it is that whole mind, body, you know, soul sort of alignment that you get with being present in a moment.
1: Yeah. Get in your bodies, uh, get back in your bodies. Uh, At the moment we're out of our bodies, we're up in the air, we're up in the Wi-Fi, and it's Mm. just, um, it's hurting our souls. And uh, I, I, I just don't think we can, Stay like that. I don't think the way it's going is sustainable. Um, People are going to start to die.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I experienced, you know, pretty much like a burnout like a few years ago because I was constantly in motion. You know, there was no stopping. Whereas now I purposely take time out of my day. So I meditate every day. You know, I will do grounding, like all those different things. But that is my time to be present with myself and to really be in tune with my body because. If we don't actually start listening to ourselves, and as you said before, our body is such a powerful thing and it tells us when you know you get those gut feelings when something's not right, or you get a gut feeling when something is right, like we're just not listening to it because we're so busy, we're not in tune with ourselves.
1: And so, you can't be in tune with the world around you and mm-hmm. what your intuition is looking for. And so, there's signposts everywhere. Your unconscious mind is talking to you always, but in Mm -hmm. symbols. And um, I just walked out the door today and there was a butterfly in front of me and it was a larger butterfly. Mm -hmm. And I stopped and I watched it and my friend had just died on Tuesday. My lifelong friend Mm -hmm. has just died on Tuesday. So there she was um, visiting me, saying hello, everything's okay. And -hmm. then as I put the garbage in the bin, I turned around, headed back for the home and um, there was the feather. And yep. so that is living in flow. That is noticing that the world is talking to you, but we are not in that space to listen, and we're certainly not in that space to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what peace is. Peace is being in your body, being in the moment, being in flow and watching every symbolic thing. It, it's a signpost. And that's how you create your life is you create your life by default or you create your life in a conscious co-creation with the universe Mm. and that's where we're at people are waking up to that and uh, we've all been working very hard light workers around the world have been Mm. waking everybody up and her the earth has been waking us up whether we want to or not
0: well absolutely and i think sometimes it takes these big grand moments, you know, to happen. And, you know, unfortunately you've lost your friend, but sometimes it is those moments that also brings us back into this sort of state of reality to go, there is a bigger purpose for us that we need to really be in touch and, you know, really start living life to the fullest because, you know, life is too short. And we think that we have this infinite amount of time, but, you know, I look back and I like, I spent 20 years, you know, in corporate. And I'm not saying that I didn't like it. Like I literally did love it. I love the people I worked with and, you know, I loved, you know, helping and coaching people and, you know, doing all of that. But was I lit up? I don't think I was. And now I wake up every single day and I'm like going, okay, I'm ready to start the day. Like, you know, I'm excited because I'm following my passion. And I think when you get to that moment, then you start looking back and going it wasn't a waste of time, but I'd wish I had had that sort of awakening a little bit earlier so that I could have, you know, had more time doing what I am and I don't waste time. I think, I think that's the biggest thing is that I don't sit there and wallow. I don't sit there and, you know, think about all the things that I haven't done or whatever. It's because I'm going, I'm doing it. I'm doing this.
1: Yeah, I had two burnouts before I was 25. So the universe wanted me to learn that lesson very early on. Yeah, I had my spirit awakening at 25. So I'm now 50. I'm about to turn 51. And, um, you know, it's been a a long transformational journey that's just been incredible. And um, to have the honour of helping others Mm. um, discover those um, magical things, has been um, the greatest joy of my life. And the reason I am here is to help others know what we know.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, going through, you know, burnout, at regardless of whatever age, and I think that people need to just get to a fact that age is just simply a number. It's not a defining thing. And, you know, um, like I'm on 42 and, you know, I, I literally found my calling at 40. You know, I, it, it took me that long to realise what I needed to do. But I don't think it should be a defining thing and I don't think we should let certain moments in our life define us because it is about learning from those lessons and sometimes lessons will be repeated if we don't learn it fully the first time around. So, I mean, That's I know. That you, yeah. Like, I mean, you, you said that you had two burnouts. Like, I mean, my burnout was massive. Like I literally got told I would never work again. Um, But, you know, if I didn't learn from that lesson, I could definitely see myself going back into the same pattern again and I would get burnt out again until I fully learned that lesson straight away. And do you find that now that you are more intuitive and more, you know, connected that you can learn those lessons a little bit more quicker um, and pick up on those signs a little bit more?
1: I think what happens with um people like us is we are intuitive always and what 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 happens is the world tries to shut that down any way it can mm-hmm. so everybody is intuitive everyone is psychic everybody has these amazing gifts inside of them it's just some people develop the muscle um and make it a career or they might teach it or whatever but really we all have those natural gifts and I was always really um a highly intuitive person and once I had my spiritual awakening I could do that then consciously um and that's what I love about my life now is I can um it's it's just a constant connection into heart and I asked my spiritual teacher I said what are you talking about dropping into your heart and she said, don't worry about it. You're just in your heart the whole time. And so this whole concept of drop into it for a temporary experience is foreign to me. I don't understand mm. what that is. Um, but now I understand that not everybody is in their heart, mm. in flow, in intuition, constantly. Mm. Um, and this this is what we're trying to grow into now is that, Really, we're intuitive beings, we are light beings, we are, we are incredible souls having a human experience mm. and we've chosen to come down and experience this density and for some of us, we didn't quite realise what we were signing up for. Um, so when we come down, it can be quite difficult mm. to correlate with the density of the earth Um, But with our presence and with many of us being here right now, with our presence, we're changing the um, frequency of where we're operating from now. And so you'll hear a lot of chitter-chatter around going from 3D to 4, 5, 6, 7D. And um, some people are in in and out of different frequencies um, all the time and now know how to do that. Whereas for the average person getting out of 3D is all that's required at the moment. So anybody that's just on the density of, of 3D is very materialistic. They're, they're not in their heart. Um, they don't understand emotions. They don't understand about intuition. They don't understand the magic of nature. Um, and those sort of people are very foreign to us now. And if you meet one, it's quite weird.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: in, sure who they are like why are you still in 3d how weird that's so yeah. 1986
0: yeah and i really do think that um a lot of people i i guess like the materialistic stuff like that's it, one of the really biggest things for me is that you know i will look back in my life and i'm like going well i had the corporate career i had the house you know i went on the holidays i had the designer handbags but it's getting attached to those different things. But then when you actually start to have your awakening, when you actually start, you know, tapping into that intuition and, you know, I'm very blessed that, um, you know, I am able to explore my spirituality. I have an amazing spiritual coach that I work with, but it's also then recognizing now that you, those material things were just things it's about us being connected back to, as you said, into the heart and actually appreciating what we have. And the more we appreciate the little things opposed to those materialistic things, that is actually when you start to fully become alive and you start to actually fully, you know, appreciate life and you can really. Be in that moment because you're not having to <laughs> you have to excuse my voice, isn't it terrible? Um, you don't have to rely on external validations. You can actually validate everything in you. You don't need something to buy to be happy. You you can get all the love and all the needs and you know all the security that you need from inside.
1: Yeah, so the I talk on spiritual abundance a lot, like that's one of my hot topics when I do a lot of keynoting around the country and spiritual abundance is really misunderstood. And um, one of the things about material abundance is to ask yourself how much is enough. Mm -hmm. And um, for me uh, at 50 to be comfortable, you know, in, in a beautiful sanctuary of a home that I love that protects me and comforts me and is beautiful. um, That is enough. And um, to have beautiful friends and family and to be loved and seen and understood, uh, that is very um, important. And then to have a reliable vehicle, I think that's practical. Nothing worse, I remember in my early days of having unreliable vehicles that used to break down, the stress of that was extraordinary. And so I always wish for people to have a reliable vehicle vehicle that gets them from a to b every time guaranteed um, so i think there's some certain things that make us comfortable and once we're at that comfort level with you know a beautiful companion whether that's an animal or a human or both it doesn't matter as long as you've got companionship a witness to your life um, to prove that you really were here and that you've got some basic um, comforts like a home a roof and a vehicle and some Cash to get all the food and holidays and all the bits and pieces that a human needs for happiness, Um, once that's covered, you then have headspace for the rest. Whereas when those basics are not covered, you're too in stress, you're too hand-to-mouth, you can't think about the higher order of things and so there's no way you can evolve into the higher spiritual aspects um, and improve yourself on that level without some of the basics being covered. So don't, uh, I don't advocate for um, material things are evil. They're certainly not. I think they give us great comfort and they give me um, a lot of comfort and headspace so that I can move on to the, to the bigger things.
0: And I think it's really important that, you know, we need to go back to we all have basic needs You know, we all have those, you know, we want to feel safe, secure. We want to be loved. um, You know, we want to have a roof over our head, you know, food and all those sorts of things. But it's also that we, everybody's different, has different levels. And especially when it comes to the word abundance is that that is such a different meaning to everybody. And I say that I have abundance in my life because I have, you know, beautiful friends and family and, you know, I'm creating this beautiful business. It's not all about financial and I think that we need to transform that word abundance to actually really look at all the different things in our life because we all actually have abundance. We sometimes just can't see past that because we haven't actually realised that we're getting all of our basic needs met and then we're abundant in our life already. And then once you've got those needs met and you can then start attracting even more abundance into it as well. Um, so abundance can mean so many different things to different people, but it's just really, you know, I guess expanding your horizons as to what the word means. And it's the same with, you know, you're having your basic needs met, you know, if my needs are going to be different to yours, my needs are going to be different to other people. So really getting to know what are your own basic needs and taking the time to sit down and work out what they are is so critically Mm. important um, in any journey that you're going through because you want to make sure you've got those needs first, you've got that solid foundation before you can do any more sort of exploration in your life.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Do you find that um, knowing that, I'm oh, sorry, My, I've had the flu for the last couple of weeks and all of a sudden, of course, today um, it's coming out. But um, do you find that obviously going through your spiritual sort of journey um, and now also allowing that to, you know, be shown to your clients as well and be able to tap into your intuition even more that um, people then can see a different perspective um, in how they view the world and how they view their life?
1: Well, I think um, there's some people, if you're on, if, if you're on the level, um, which is sort of what I would consider a lower level of perspective, and that is you see things in black and white, good and bad, um, whereas the universe doesn't work like that. The universe doesn't know good or bad. It just knows growth. It just says, um, well, did you grow or not? And so when we label things bad, um, it's usually because we didn't learn from it and we didn't get the perspective that we're meant to get. Whereas, what you want to have is sort of this, uh, this level of thinking where you're able to um, think. I like to, the way I do it, it's just a simple way of doing it is what is the universal perspective? And so, for example, I was driving to work one day back in the day and I got the intuition that the car in front of me was going to turn and go across me at the wrong time. And lo and behold, of course, the car went straight across me and smashed into me at the intersection and everything slowed down. It was all in slow motion. My legs went up into the wheel and the car spun. And um, as just before that... the 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 impact a voice said to me on the outside on the right hand side in this ear here said relax and go with it and um i've never have had or never have had since an external voice speak to me like that um, and so I remember relaxing and going with it, the, it, it, it went round and round and then it stopped and I got out and blah, blah, and, and went to hospital and the whole shebang. And of course, anybody that thinks about a car accident thinks of that as a negative. Um, and of course I did at the time, my car was a write-off. I loved my car. Her brand new Projero was a write-off just to give you an indication of the impact. Mm. And, um, The accident happened in October and by January, um, I had a cheque for $20,000 from the insurance people. Now, a couple of interesting things about this story is, number one, insurance companies never, ever agree. They always disagree and say, no, 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 she's not hurt that much, don't worry about it. But both agreed that I had permanent damage, 20% permanent damage in my lower back And 10% permanent damage in my neck area and so there was no disagreement on the sides and my mum worked for the solicitors at the time so obviously she was handling the case and was able to do all the background administration of that and I get this check for 20,000 so from a bad situation turned out to be a good situation but more so than the 20,000. The 20,000 wiped out my debts at the time, allowed me to see the job for what it was. And I started my very first business when I was very young. And then I, um, uh, it completely changed my path in life. So I see that event as Not as a negative or a positive or anything, but it was a readjustment to get me on path. Now, what the universe does is they look at the path of least resistance. So for them to be able to do that, to help me get to my next level and transform from that situation, they needed to give me things. And so they needed to give me that. And so they found the path of least resistance. Let's just give her a bloody car accident. Let's get this over with. Give her the $20,000 so she can start a business and she can start the rest of her life. Um, Because up until that point, I was not really on path, not this path anyway. I was on a normal muddles path, not knowing that there was magic all around me. And now I understood there was magic all around me. And I started to search and I started to educate myself and the rest is history, as they say. But that was a very, very significant moment in my life. And I just don't wish that on anybody to have to have a car accident.
0: No no but what I I like about the story is that you know two things is that you have you never allowed it to define you and you, you learned from the lesson from it and I think a lot of the times is that we can have these things that happening in our life and we can allow it to define us and we can allow us you know to think in that you know such a negative state but when you can transform that and really change it around and to look at the gift that it gives us that is when you can make such a powerful impact of your life but also to um for me by changing you know the way i look at things and that people around me are starting to go oh i never would have thought of that i never would have you know i would always be i guess i i use the word victim mentality you know with it so when you know people like you and i we can then start having these impacts and we can actually start using situations that's happened to us but we can see the lesson from it we can see how we're not using it to define we can then actually help educate so many other people um of how to actually let go and use it in a more powerful more positive sort of way as well I
1: generally find, uh, having worked with thousands and thousands and thousands of people over the course of the last 20 years, um, I find the pattern is that what we deem as bad is usually our learning, is always our learning. So the problem with the victim mentality is they sit and don't take responsibility for that learning. um, And so they just sit in the thing and just call it bad and um, tell everybody that it's terrible and tell the story over and over and over again when really it was um, a forced learning. And the reason it got that bad, like it got to escalate that bad, is you didn't listen to the more gentle, subtle pushes that you were getting way back when. So what happens with the universe is they go, well, we need her to evolve now. So she hasn't and she's not. And she's not listening to us and we've sent her every messenger under the sun all around her. Mm -hmm. She's still not listening so we haven't got any further time now so we're going to have to push her. And so car accidents, retrenchments, sackings, um, all those awful things that we see as very negative and, oh, shocking and terrible, are really just the universe going, we're over it, we've got no more time to waste, let's sort this out, we need her to change, boom. We're going to force the change now, yeah. whether, whether she's aware of it or not. So if you want a more gentle experience, um, the, the, the better idea, and this is what I try to do now, is listen to the subtle changes that are required while it's gentle and why, while I have control to change it. So I would often, I would wake up in the morning, I get people, I get my clients to wake up in the morning and say, well, how do you feel? And if you feel fine, then your body's not telling you anything. But the minute you start to feel a bit resentful, like just mildly resentful, you have a bit of a sick day and then you have another sick day, well, these are very subtle beginnings of I need to start to have a little look around at perhaps my next phase. But no, they hang in there. They take all their sick days. They now hate their boss. They're now fighting with their colleagues. Now they, they're the bitter, twisted one mm. and that nobody wants to talk to at lunchtime. But mm. they hang in there because this is the job and this is the job and I'm going to stay there, bitter and twisted. And now I, you start to affect the energy in the room and nobody wants to be around that. And so if that they hang in there and usually... Um, there's, going to be, uh, there's going to be something coming down that road um, because they didn't make the change 20 years ago when they were meant to leave in the first place because the job had taught them what it needed to teach them or the partnership or the, the, the relationship had taught them what it needed to learn. So now it's time to go, but they didn't listen. So, you know, it ends up in disaster um, when the control is taken away from them.
0: Yeah. Listening to the subtle nudges has been one of the biggest things that I've had to learn um, because I've always gone, okay, well, I'm just going to do this, this, and this, but also then just sort of getting back into being present in the moment and just sort of listening and reconnecting back with myself. I think it's one of the biggest things that I've learned, especially coming out of corporate, because I've been so used to, um, you know, there's so much work that needs to be done you're listening to other people, but you so much forget about you. You forget about your voice. You forget about your identity as well. Um, And I think coming out of corporate, also, you know, exploring my spirituality, even more of that is then really getting more in tuned with me and listening to those little subtle nudges all the time. And, you know, I had the flu a couple of weeks ago and it was, no, 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 this is, the universe telling you that you need to take a couple of days off like you need to actually rest you know like you've been going full ball like there's sometimes that we just go oh I'll be right you know put on your big girl pants and I'll keep going but it is actually okay to have those moments of just to stop rest and you know recoup Um, you don't have to always be on the go full time every single day
1: yeah, and the the flu to me is the lowest level of dis-ease in the body and it is it is exactly that. It's the universe saying, mm. um, if you won't rest, we'll force you to mm. rest. Um, and then up the scale, if you don't listen to that for a year or two years or a decade, can you see the bigger the dis- dis-ease? Mm. And so what you see with people with these bigger medical emergencies is they haven't listened to their bodies along the journey. So the body can only tolerate so much pushing. Um, And that's why you're seeing a revolution around the world with self-care and self-love and gratitude and meditation Mm -hmm. and all these things are blossoming because these are the tools to keep the temple, the body in good shape to house the learning and to house the journey and to house the emotional experience that we're here to have as beautiful souls.
0: Mm, Yeah. I Um, love that. The
1: physical body is a real magical spaceship that you've been given and how well we treat that spaceship is Mm. um, really up to us. And most of the time in this sort of society, we, we give our bodies poisons. So poisons are, Um, the processed foods, the sugars and the salts, all the white poisons, the flour, and you you give yourself toxins with the alcohol and we smoke and we we drink and we eat too much and we don't exercise. All these things are not helping the spaceship survive the journey very well. And our spaceship is the highest piece of technology you will ever be given. This is an extraordinary machine, extraordinary to house your soul.
0: Yeah, we've all been taught, you know, about the right things to fuel our body. But I also think the biggest thing is um, how we talk to ourselves. And I think, you know, the the meditation and all of the self-love and self-care is so critical as well, because, you know, back when I started, like, I would, go I would never talk to my friends the way that I talk to myself and just changing that sort of conversation that dialogue that I was having with myself because why would I, I why would I talk to myself that way when I would never say it to my friends and I think I call it
1: um, child abuse so the way I get my clients to stop doing it immediately is mm. I say you're a child abuser and they go what I'm a child abuser I'm like that the way you talk to your inner child is abusive and you would never talk to an actual child like that. So stop abusing and being a child abuser. And the minute you get it from that perspective, you don't do it anymore. Mm. And now you look at your little girl and you go, darling, what would you like today? Would you like an apple? Would you like a mango? What would you like for breaking? Come on, let's go. And yeah. um, she'll tell you, she'll go, I want an ice cream and I want cereal or I want toast or I want a big banana give it to her whatever she wants is um what's right for her and um but we never talk to her we child abuse her sometimes um well I I know I'm guilty of this is starving her I used to starve Mm -hmm. my inner child and not eat all day Mm -hmm. at all not eat so now I, you know, you, you want to hydrate well and give her a lot of water. You wouldn't not give a child water for the day. I mean, yeah. for heaven's sakes, it's child abuse. Um, you, wouldn't feed, you feed your child the appropriate nourishment that a yeah. child needs. Otherwise, it's child abuse. So yes. it's a really, I know it's, a, it, you know, it, it's a, going to be a trigger for some people. But when you say it that severely, you just never do it again. Mm. So now I look after my little girl and she's, you know, she's in me, she's beside me, she is my, my thoughts, my heart, my soul, and you've got to look after her. And she has her own specific requirements. And the self-talk is more damaging than any physical toxin that you can put mm. in your body. Um, the, 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 the emotional abuse that we give to ourselves and our child is extraordinary. And there is a real shift now to stop that. We're all doing our therapy. We're all getting rid of our inner critic and our, you know, we've come a long way since, for the last 20, 30 years, a long way. And I love seeing the younger generation are so evolved. They're so spiritually advanced. The millennial women I talk to are across this stuff from childhood. They are they're getting it earlier than we ever had it. We had to discover it at 30 and 40 and 50, 60 and 70. Now mm. their parents are us. We yeah. are your parents and we have learnt so much more on how to treat children and we're seeing that in the new women. The new women that are coming through have been nurtured correctly by evolved parents or mm. more evolved than what we had and what yeah. they, our parents had. So we are seeing a massive shift. There's definitely masses of improvement and I'm very thrilled with what I'm seeing in the world.
0: Yeah. I think, um, you know, you're right that the the, the critical self-talk is so important. Would you say, um, so if we sort of like start to wrap up, like what would you say would be the key thing for people can do to really start to change the way that they, you know, talk to themselves, the way that they, you know, can learn to, you know, get back in touch with their true self?
1: Um, gosh, I just think that um, to, to know that everything you need, every single thing is inside of you already um there is no better counsel than yourself uh you can tap into the universe always anytime you can tap into past present and future through the akashic records and through your higher self and know everything anything is all available to you And to think that you are not the extraordinary being that you actually are breaks our hearts, Mm. breaks our hearts that people do not know who they are. And if only people knew who they are, the world would be completely and utterly different and transformed overnight. So that is my wish for you and for all the listeners and for everybody out there is go and find out exactly who you are.
0: Yeah. Because you have
1: everything inside of you. You've got access to all of it.
0: Yeah, we don't realise our special gifts sometimes and to know that, you know, we have, you know, um, a, a destiny. You have like, you know, this sort of, you know gift that you're meant to give to the world and you know when you start to bring that out it's, it's super powerful and um, I absolutely love everything that you do so what I'm going to do is every um I'm going to put all your details down so people can get in touch with you um, and reach out and if you really want to be able to be more intuitive you know tap into all of that you know reach out um, to yourself thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your wisdom and your gifts to the world I'm just so grateful um, for that to have you here today as well
1: you're a beautiful soul Christine and congratulations on your beautiful work and I am um, truly gracious uh, grateful to ha- be be a part of your world for a short time thank you
0: oh thank you so much lovely it is an absolute pleasure and honor to have you here and i'm sure that we're going to be in touch um, a little bit more and probably do some work together so i'm super excited with that as well i want to thank everyone for joining us today um, for this episode of the corporate escapist tv show as i said before i'm going to put all the details that you can reach out to katrina below um, make sure you jump over follow us on facebook and on youtube and on instagram at the corporate escapist tv show love and light to you all and make sure that you follow your passion and live life to the fullest
1: Love and light.